0: How are we doing? Hey, while you're finding a seat, uh, and thank you to Bruce for uh, helping us receive the offering and sharing those. I love hearing Bruce say rap concert. I don't know what that was. uh, Hey, on May 23rd, what he was referencing is kingdom music uh, which represents a number of artists will be here, uh, and if you know anyone that would, rap may not be your genre, uh, but there's plenty in the plenty of people in our city uh, that would connect to uh, different style of music. There's Touch Cards out in the foyer. May 23rd, we're having an event here, sponsored by our youth ministry. Uh, but, Invite somebody. There may be, so you may not be into it, but bring someone, grab one of these cards, be praying for this event as, we, uh, as people connect through uh, maybe a different style of music than you're used to. And so um, I know my, my two twins are part of the youth ministry. They, they go to school and drum in Montana, and they're like, Dad, rap? I'm like, you're going. <laughs> you need to be well-rounded. Um, so um, it's going to be an amazing uh, outreach and uh, Bruce did mention uh, Cameron and the and Lorene and the new baby. Is Chris Christopher's right there? Hold him up. Let's see this guy. Is he asleep? Probably. Look at that. Ah, Simba, the man cub. Congratulations, you guys and. I know, uh, Lorraine, your, your mom, uh, Sinet, you've been with us, and this is your last Sunday for now, but we, we're so glad that you came to be with these guys, and I uh, hope you f- felt at home, and uh, wave, just wave at everybody, this is Lorraine's mom, all the way from South Africa, and um, uh, so good to have you here at this special time, I know it meant a lot to uh, these guys. I've... I've kind of wrestled it. Uh, I'm excited about today's message. We're going to be in Isaiah chapter 6. And this story of Isaiah's calling connects so much to some of the songs we've been singing this morning. And I'm excited to share this word with you. I've, I've been a little under the weather in that I probably slept three days this week. Um, I've had a terrible man cold. And uh, cough and chest cold. So bear with me if I start to sweat or <clears throat> shouldn't say the word cough or I'll start to cough. You know, you know the reason why women have children or have to go through childbirth? is So they can relate to how a man feels when he gets a cold. Okay. <laughs> 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 uh, on the, uh, on the bright side, I've been, I went down like a gut shot hog. It was bad this week. Um, hey, we received an offering. Welcome to Sporadic Sermon, Josh Day. Uh, we received our global offering last Sunday for Regions Beyond. I'm excited to announce we gave and you gave $4,980. It's going to go, uh, help go around the world and fund... Uh, mission God's mission around the globe and what we do with our church family so let's uh I want to talk to you today about a uh we've been talking about the gospel and it's not just the ABCs of the Christian faith it's the A to Z it's the remember we talked it was it last week we saw where Paul confronted Peter He confronted an apostle of the great apostle and he said, You're not living in line with the gospel. And so much of our lives could be changed or fixed or guided if we it's not just to get to heaven. The gospel is not just, you know, repent and believe and you're gonna get this ticket to heaven. It's how we live our lives. It should shape every part of us. And shape every part of the church and so I've had so much fun and actually challenges. I've looked again at the gospel in a new way and saying, God, would you, I I don't want to just want to try to get to heaven. I I want my life to matter and look different and I want to live different. And so we're going to look at Isaiah 6 and look at this gospel quake. I want to call it uh, it's the calling of Isaiah, this one of the major prophets. It's right after the wisdom books, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Sol- Song of Solomon. Uh, then there's Isaiah, and it says this, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings, and two covered his face, and two covered his feet. And two, uh, with two he flew, and one called to the other, Holy Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with His glory. That means weight, the kabod of God. It's a Hebrew word that means the weightiness, the heaviness of God. And the foundations in verse 4, and the threshold shook, and the voice of Him who called, the house was filled with smoke, and I said, woe is me, for I am lost. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell amidst a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And then one of the seraphim flew to me. <coughs> Imagine this, the seraphim flying right, as, right at Isaiah, having in his hand a burning coal that he'd taken up with tongs, so hot he had to grab it with tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth, and he said, behold, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. Wow. Wow. Instead of of a, a word of punishment, he gets a word of pardon. Come on, that's the gospel, the good news. Verse 8, and I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom will I send? And who will go for us? And, and then Isaiah said, Here I am, send me. Send me. And he said, Go and say this to the people. And actually, this story takes quite a turn, a little bit bleak, but it's good news in the end. He says, Say this, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, <coughs> but they won't perceive Make the heart of this people dull, their ears heavy, their blind eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. And then I said, how long, O Lord? And he said, until the cities lie waste without inhabitants and the houses without people and the land is a desolate waste and the Lord removes people far away for, and the forsaken places... And many in the midst of the land, and though a tenth remain in it, it will be burned again. Like a terebinth or an oak, whose stump remains when it's felled. All the loggers said, Amen. <laughs> and then it says, and the holy seed is in the stump. Let's pray as before, we, before I share. Father, I ask today, as we open your word, would you open our hearts. We don't want to come to just merely examine your word. We pray your word would examine us. We pray you'd speak to our hearts. You'd change our lives. You would uh, open our eyes to the gospel, the full gospel today. Help us hear from you in Jesus' name. Everyone shouted. Amen. (coughs) Amen. Excuse me. One of the problems in our uh, culture and in Western culture specifically is uh, so many people are self-absorbed, living for self, uh, every breath, my goals, my dreams, my, my beliefs, everything I want to live for and... and um, Statistics will show, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but statistics will show that over the last hundred years in our nation, giving is down, civic service is down, uh, serving from even from generation to generation, it it is it's gone down so much exponentially. And we hear a lot of talk about uh, serving the poor. You he- you'll hear <coughs> the youth of the upcoming generation say, "I want to make a difference." Yet, so much of time is living for self or for followers or for self-promotion. Uh, and I don't mean you, I mean everyone else that's not here today. Um, but there's been this decline and it's because of a, of a self-absorption where people want to live. There, there is a problem with <coughs> people living for and unto themselves, right? Right? And so the answer, there's an answer that we don't want to spend a lot of time on those. They're almost like stumps that are cut down, like trees. As God meets Isaiah, and Isaiah meets God, uh, really for the first time this encounter, and he gives him a message to take to the people of Israel. He said, your nation's really going to be like trees that are cut down. They're going to be like stumps, and I don't want to spend a lot of time uh, focusing on the stumps because there's a great solution, and the answer to our, our self-problem is an encounter with God. Is anyone here today with me? The answer for the church and for America and our nation and Missoula is we need an encounter with God. God. We need a gospel quake. We need the gospel to come and shake us and change us and awaken us and grab us out of our pews and get us out into the city and say, man, I've encountered God. I need the gospel to come and, and shape me again. I need to meet the living God. Uh, Leonard Ravenhill, who was a great preacher way back in the day, he, the King James Pulls out three words, woe, low, and go. <laughs> Isaiah said that woe, it's a word of curse. Woe is me. And then low is, look, the seraphim has touched your lips. And then the word comes, go. One is an upward vision of divinity, seeing God. One's an inward vision of, of man's depravity. And the third is an outward vision of world's desperation. And if we're not gripped by those three kind of three-part vision, we miss the gospel, one up to God and one in if I need him, and one out of the world needs God too. Come on. And so I, I want to look at that today, and, and I believe if we can catch this gospel quake, uh, we need our community. We need our, the church shaped by the gospel, the true gospel of Jesus, because we're 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 missing it. We're losing it. We're not living. Uh, if each man lives unto himself, there's a book by Jesse Rice. It's uh, called "The Church of Facebook," and it's how the hyper-connected. Listen to that word. The hyper-connected are reshaping community. We're more. We have the ability to be more connected than ever. Yet there's more loneliness. There's more desperation. There's more, man, uh, looking for, uh, uh, I'm looking for the likes to feel important. You know, are you with me today? And so the, there's a whole, we, we, we're hyper-connected yet more lonely because we've gotten away how communities should work. And it starts with a a gospel quake, encountering the living God, finding this God who really, truly, why am I holding this? Um, Shows us who he is and what he came to do and this awesome thing called the church that we get to be a part of. (coughs) Even in the month of May, someone say amen. And so, three things. The first uh, we see uh, with Isaiah is this. Uh, God quake. Number one, there's three things, so you ready. Number one, if we're going to see the gospel move, we need to have a God quake. We need to be praying for and believing and looking for God to come down. It changes everything, right? It changes everything. And it's, the seraphim said this, holy, 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 the whole earth is filled with his glory, Glory means the kebab, the weight, the heaviness, the, the, the glory of God. And what's the, the amazing comparison? When God comes, things become unimportant. Things become uh, unweighty. Things don't matter that mattered before because he's heavier than every single thing there is. God comes down and all of a sudden things that mattered before don't. Are you with me? Uh, I long for this kind of God quake where the the whole earth is filled with his his glory. Exodus 19 on Mount Sinai, God came down. You know what happened? God quake. Acts 2 on Pentecost. They're praying in the upper room. You know what? God came down. The earth shook. Are you with me today? Boom. I just saw on the, uh, Oahu, is it Oahu with the volcano? 80 earthquakes in like three days. Amazing shaking. And the thing I, I think that's funny and almost humorous is, is Isaiah goes to the temple, but the last person he expects to meet is God. You ever come to church, and the, we expect to see our friends and our family, and the pastor's going to be there. He better be there, even if he's sick, right? Isaiah comes to church, and really the last person he ever expected to encounter in his fullness is God, and God comes down, and there's a, a God quake, and God, and, and really the question uh, when we consider, have you experienced a God quake, uh, is God? Is to you, is God a concept or is he a reality? Is God a concept? Is he someone that you come to for things? Or is God a reality that you've met before and he's shaken you to your core? Is Is he this concept or is he real? Because God is a concept. If God's just an idea and you've been going through the religious motions and following God to gain approval, then God's just a concept. And if that's the case, he's lighter than you in your eyes. Because you're trying, you're trying to change God. You're trying to add God to your dreams, hopes, and visions. You're trying to have God come in and, well, God, you can change my life, but in that sense, God would be lighter than you and there's no glory right? And so when the glory of God comes, he's really, actually, he's heavier than us, and everything else has to move out of the way when the true God comes, right? And so when Isaiah's there, there, Isaiah was one of the elitists. He's actually a family of royalty. Isaiah had a silver tongue. Look at his book. We're still reading it now, and Isaiah was an amazing orator and communicator, but when God comes. See, I think he's one of these guys that, that knew about God, but he didn't really know God. He'd never encountered God and his beauty and his holiness. So he says, Who's this that's come? I'm undone. Because the glory of God had come. Read about some of the, the church greats' uh, forefathers like a Martin Luther who wrestled with the righteousness of God. He was a monk who had done everything to earn God's approval, but he'd never really met God. And all of a sudden, one day, he said, I I understood that the righteousness of God wasn't something I can attain, but it was done in Christ Jesus. So the gospel wasn't me trying to earn my way to God. It was God coming down and saving me. And the righteousness of God was placed on me by Christ Jesus. And all of a sudden... He understood that he could walk into heaven as a, a secure believer, a welcome believer. Uh, John and Charles Wesley, have you heard of these guys? They started the Methodist Church. You know why it's called the Methodist Church? In Bible school, they had these methods, and they were quite holy, and they were quite religious, and they followed God. They, they dotted every I, and they crossed every T. And the the Wesley brothers crossed the Atlantic and tried to preach the gospel. And actually, making a long story short, they said, they, they in their own words, they said they failed miserably. Did you know that? And they said, we came to America to save the Indians, to convert the Indians, but who's going to convert us? What a place for a... A preacher to come to. You know what they'd been, they been living with God as a concept. They'd been going through the motions of following—following following all the rules, but God really never was a reality. Until in a prayer meeting, this uh, was it. John Wesley said, "Man, my heart was strangely warm as I prayed, and God moved in, and all of a sudden I met the living God." See, so you, can, you, can you can be even in church and not encounter God. You can go through the motions, but we want a real God. It's like the parable of the lost sons. I talked about this a week or two ago. There's the lost son out of the house, but the lost son in the house. Both are equally lost. One is lost in his frivolousness, <laughs> in his wild living trying to find fulfillment in wild living. The other's lost in his duty. He is. He's lost in going through the motions of obeying, trying to gain the Father's approval, but to both, the Father is saying, all I have is yours. Right? And so, let me ask make it personal. Is God a concept or a reality? If he's a concept, you haven't had a God quake. You haven't had a moment where God has come down and shaken you. And maybe you go, well, yeah, I haven't had a moment like Isaiah, okay? There was no seraphim and a coal and a... Well, guess what? Probably no one else has like that. Do you know why? Because he's Isaiah and you're you. Are you guys with me today? (laughs) A book before a book after? Is it Jeremiah? God comes and meets Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1, and he tells Jeremiah, Jeremiah, stop trembling. Jeremiah had an inferiority complex. He was was shaken and, and weak, and he says, Stop trembling. To Isaiah, he says, start trembling. Isaiah's proud. He's, he's arrogant. He's of the elite. But none of us are going to have the same God quake as anyone else. Are you with me? So uh, the point is, we, we want to meet the living God, the, the immense God, the big God. Any science nerds here today? Rudy's not here today. What am I going to do? Um, how many miles from the earth to the sun? A ton, That's, that would be my answer. Dusty, do you know? 90, 92 million miles from the earth to the sun. If that was represented in one piece of paper, right? Just that distance. See, the, the earth to the next star... would be 70 feet high, a stack of paper 70 feet high. That's the earth to the next star. And our galaxy that we live in would be a stack of paper 310 miles high. Woo! That's big. Someone say that's big. What's the point? The Bible says he holds the universe together by a word of his power basically with his pinky. God says, I, I hold the universe together by a word of my power. When's the last time God was that big to you? Where there was a God quake, where God came in and you realize, man, I'm, I'm like dust compared to the living God. God's come in and rearranged everything in my life and I, I've been praising him for his usefulness and not his beauty. That's a God quake. When God comes in and we, we realize that's what happens to Isaiah in Isaiah 60, man, I'm shaken to the core. God let it happen today. One of the ways we know that's happened in our life uh, is through our second point. First, there's a God quake. How many of you would like a good God quake in your life? Gluttons for punishment. The way we know that's happened is there's a self quake where something happens in our life where our, our own being shakes. We're changed from the inside out where uh, God moves in our life and we see his holiness as beautiful. We see his holiness as something that's uh, magnificent and up there and we see him and go, wow, he, he's beautiful, Which is actually funny because God's holiness to man is actually almost more of a threat. Right? It is. If we're not in God, His holiness is like a threat to us. It's scary to see the holiness of God. And that's why Isaiah responded in the way he did when he, when hearing the seraphim say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Now this is interesting. In the in the Hebrew, uh, magnitude is conveyed by the doubling of words, like you say something twice. And so in Genesis fourteen, there's an example where uh, people fell into uh, the. In the English, it says great pits. Ah, oh, they're great pits. They fell in, but in the Hebrew, it actually says they fell into pit pits. Like really pity pits. These are the most pity pits I've ever seen. They're double big pits. It does. It it doubles meaning to to show this kind of magnitude. Second Kings, uh, there's in Second Kings... Twenty-five, fifteen. 15, there's uh, gold. And it, in the English, it says it's pure gold. Like this is the most purest gold. But in the Hebrew, uh, the word they use is this is gold, gold. Like really good gold. Are you with me? It's gold, gold. And if you're an English teacher, you'd say, man, you can't talk. There's no pit pits. Or gold, gold. Nowhere in the Bible is something tripled. Three times where the word is used, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. To convey uh, this magnitude, to convey there's nothing that, there's no other category than this holiness. And that's where Isaiah's, Self-quake comes as he comes and, and he's looking at God and he's hearing the seraphim. All they can say is, Holy, holy, holy. They're coming to God for his beauty. You ever heard the phrase, worship in the, the beauty of his holiness? Wow, what does that mean to worship him? And he's so beautiful that we worship him in the beauty of that. His holiness is so magnificent compared to us that we can't compare ourselves. Isaiah has this self-quake when he sees himself in the presence of God. He compares himself to the greatness. He is. Have you, have you ever experienced that where you see, man, I, I'm here and God's there." And you say, "Well, well, that would create a uh, low self-esteem." Right? I'm so low and God's so high. Let me ask this. Have you ever compared yourself to someone else or been someone else who's in your field and you feel unworthy? Could be an artist. Could be a, if you're a musician and you, if, if you met your favorite musician, how would you feel walking into their presence? How would you feel walking into the presence of someone great? Maybe you'd feel, wow, I, I, I feel kind of lowly. Or if you've ever thought yourself an amazing athlete and you run against someone who's so much better and you realize, wow, I'm not as good as I thought I was. How many of you guys like a good singing competition show? Anyone? See like uh, American Idol or The Voice? I secretly actually love those shows. (laughs) I don't get to watch much, but I, I love seeing someone find their voice really amazing, but one of the unfair things they do is they'll place an up-and-coming vocalist with a superstar, and sometimes they meet the mark. Sometimes you think, wow, they can sing. Are you with me? Well, you think, wow, they can, but I watched a show last week where they put vocalists with superstars, and you went, wow, that's why that person is a star. And so, in, 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 in the presence of, of human comparison, have you ever kind of thought lower of yourself where you thought, wow, I'm not as good as I thought? See, if that's ever happened, then what would happen if we're in the presence of the holy? The presence of God's grandeur, the presence of God coming down, the one who's the most holy and the greatest, and He made the universe and He's the biggest. There's no comparison. We would come into his presence and go, wow, God, I, I don't belong here. And you go, well, that would be like, low, that would be like downgrading us. Why, why would a loving God make us feel low? He would if we have sin in our life. Because although he's loving, he's also just, and he's righteous, and he's holy. Right, and it's why Isaiah had to come and go, woe is me, the prophet spoke a curse, woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips, and this happens all the time in the Bible. Job said, I heard of you with my ears, but now I've seen you with my eyes, and I repent in dust and ashes. Isaiah said, I'm a man of unclean lips, (laughs) woe is me. Peter, in Jesus' presence, said, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. Why? Because we're, when you're in God's presence, the way you know you've had a God quake is you have a self quake. God reaches into your life, and something at the core of your being is shaken. You want to repent, you want to be close, because there, there has to be something bigger than us. There has to be something to aspire to where we fall on our knees and say, Wow, it's not for my glory, it's for yours. Otherwise, we see, we treat God as if he's useful, not beautiful. The servant said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with, they're, they're worshiping God for his beauty. Amazing, isn't it? Not for his usefulness. So many people, I, I hear people say, well, I did serve God, but, but he didn't come through. He didn't do this for me, or this prayer wasn't answered. You know what they're basically doing? They're marrying God for his money. And when they didn't get the money they're out of here. It's like God is this big blessing bank in heaven and man, I want God because he's going to help my hopes, he's going to help my dreams, he's going to help my visions. He's going to help me achieve something. But if we don't ever come to this self-quake where we realize we're not God's not here for my sake, I'm here for his sake. I'm here for his sake and his beauty. And I didn't marry him for his money. I didn't marry him for his usefulness. He's just holy. And when we come in, imagine a church that comes in that's had a God quake. <laughs> God comes. And we're undone. Woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. All his oration, all of his pedigree, everything that Isaiah said, bet his life on, is undone in that moment. So different than Jeremiah, who was insecure. See, for Isaiah, it was pride, and God comes in, and that's unraveled in the presence of God. He has this self-quake, and all that he has to lay down, and he has to repent. He has to say, God, I'm, I'm sorry for the way I've, I've lived. See, that, that's the response, isn't it? See, the, the gospel causes us to see how great God is, and we, we repent. Low self It's not low, actually, people with low self-esteem, I think the, the, they're more uh, like self-focused. If they get in the presence of the God, they realize, man, I, it's not low self-esteem that I've been, uh, it's not that I'm down, it's that I've been focused on myself too much. And so I want us to focus on God and his beauty. How many of you have favorite, silly illustration, but I think it'll help me get the point across. How many have a favorite kind of music or a song or an album you turn on? And it just, boom, I mean, you're moving. You're driving to that thing, right? The music itself does nothing for you. Does it give you money? Does it improve your life? Does it, does it make you a better person? No, it's just beautiful in itself. You get something from it because the beauty of the song. Are you with me? We almost, we almost need to look at God that way. I'm not here for the song to give me something. I'm here, to, I'm here to, this is beautiful. And that's where the self-quake comes, is seeing the beauty and the holiness of God Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of Almighty. So our humility, actually gospel humility is what propels us into not looking at God as if he's useful. It propels us into becoming useful for God, right? Are you here today? See, in the gospel, actually, I'm, we realize that we're more wicked than we ever thought possible, but we're actually more loved than we ever, than we ever hoped. We're, we were more lost, more wicked, more far away when we realized, and that's what Isaiah came to, the self-quake, man, I'm, I'm more despised than I ever thought, but actually I'm more loved in that. I'm more loved than I ever dared hope. Because God loves me even when I was a sinner. Someone say amen. So you can't earn approval through your works and trying to be great. That's the good news of the gospel. Through performance. Right? You can't earn God's approval through your performance. Because Jesus earned the approval of the Father. Through what he did. You get his approval. When you wake up one day and re- realize you're already approved in Christ, you know how freeing that is? You know, liberating, we would come in this place, tearing the place up, shouting, jumping, dancing, man, I'm approved by God, not because of my works that I would boast, but through faith in Christ and by grace. right? And that's what Isaiah's coming to, and the, the real gospel quake is. Matthew 27, 45 where Jesus is on the cross and he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the whole earth shook and the foundation of the temple was shaken and the veil was torn in two from top to bottom as if God's hands reached down and said, this old way won't work anymore. I'm making a way for man to come through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. And it shakes us, it should shake us to the core. This God quake and then a self quake. And then finally, you know what it leads to? Everything you've been waiting for today. Uh, a world quake. A world quake. It leads to a church that recognizes that God's bigger than us. He's saved us even though we're sinners. Even though we're, we're far more re- removed than we ever believed we could be. See, guys, I've got to drive this in today. You're not worshiping God here to get things because in Christ you have it all. When you come, you're not worshiping. to, Man, I, I want God to love me. I want God to be pleased with me. You have it all. You have, he has you and you have him. If you turn and believe and, and what happens with, Isaiah, it's really a scary chapter, isn't it? Woe is me. He's undone. Here's the prophet. And he falls down. And here comes this seraphim. I picture, I don't know why, but flying down with these tongs and a coal. Like, if there's ever an angel flying at me with tongs and a fire, I'm going to be like Forrest Gump. You know, like, fire represented judgment. Judgment. When fire came in the Old Testament, huh, you're out. Imagine Isaiah, like the prophet guy, here comes the angel, and he's seen God and, and his holiness, a, a glimpse. The whole earth, is. it said the train of his glory filled the temple. Is it Princess Diana? I'm going to dabble in something I shouldn't because I'm not a like, big wedding guy. Is it on her wedding when she came in? She, is it the train of the robe? Is it that, looking at my wife, the long, like, train. And as she came, that train kept coming. It was this long train as she came into her wedding. And, it, and it's like the train of his, his robe, his glory filled the temple. When God came, it's like he kept coming and he keeps coming. He keeps moving in and he's so big. That's the kind of presence of God we want. We want to say, God, keep coming into our lives today. And so here's Isaiah, the angel, the minute. See, he didn't want Isaiah to sit in self-loathing or low self-esteem and, whoa, God's so holy and I'm not and I'm gonna labor here in repentance. He repented and a split second later, the angel flies down and touches a cold to his lips. The place of his repentance, God touched And he said, you're going to be a prophet to the nations. Who will I send? And here's what's amazing. The the world quake comes when not only we have a God quake and a self quake, but when we repent and we realize that the second we repent, we're accepted. And God says, no, you're not pushed away. You're my son. And God says, guess what? I've got a new business idea in mind. And I need a partner. Anyone ever tell you that? I've got this idea. I want to bring you in on this. God says, I've got this new business, and it's basically saving the whole world. I've got an idea. We're going to save the world, and Isaiah, I need you with me. Yeah, you're fallen. Yeah, you were broken. Yeah, you're repenting. But no, you repented. You're with me now. And he touches the coal to his lips. And all of a sudden, Isaiah, the world quake happens when we're available. You know what he said, remember? Here I am. Send me. Here I am. God, I'm available. I'm not going to wallow in self-pity. I'm not going to look to my past. I'm not going to stare at my past over my shoulder. Here I am. Send me that's a good word today. All of a sudden, he's not only available, he's dependable, because God said, "I'm going to send you to these people, and this is what's so funny about God. He has a good sense of humor. How many agree? He said, "I'm going to send you a people forever listening but never hearing. I'm going to send you, you're going to be a prophet that's going to preach to this entire nation, but guess what? They're not going to listen. Sound familiar? They're not gonna do what I say. Isaiah, I already know in advance the mission I'm sending you on is nearly futile. I'm gonna have you preach to a people that don't care what they hear. And a scary thing is, God said, I'm gonna have to give them what they want. I'm gonna have to turn them over. You know one of the most dangerous things to give an ungenerated heart is what it wants. It's in Romans 1. Read it. Romans 1, uh, that first chapter of Romans, God said, I'll turn them over to what they want because I'm a just God and I'm a living God. I'm going to give them what they want even though they shouldn't, but they're asking for this. So he's loving and he's just. And he said, Isaiah, I'm sending you to a people that are going to uh, not do what you say. But your value and your worth can't be based on your success in ministry. It has to be based in me. And that's the power of the world quake. When we go and we know we're obeying God, we know we've been shaken by a God quake. And we've had a self quake. And all all of a sudden we're dependable because our value isn't based on our productivity. We just do what he's asking. We're available. Someone say amen we're dependable we're going to follow through and then in this chapter there's an amazing word of expectation because I won't read the whole thing but Isaiah's converted amazing conversion story how many would like a moment like that in the temple he's converted but then he says go preach and actually it's not going to go well the, the whole nation of Israel is going to be like a grove of trees. This is where the loggers said amen. The grove of trees just chopped down all these stumps. But in the, that last bit that we read, it said the seed is in the stump. Did you catch that? That's a word of expectation. It looks like a stump sitting there. It looks like it's been chopped down. It looks like it's dead. It looks like it's gone. But the seed is actually in the stump say, what does that mean for me? Think about Jesus on the cross, dying, breathing those last breaths. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he cries out and he breathes his last breath. (coughs) And he's placed in the ground and it looks like the tree has been cut down, but actually the seed is in the stump. Come on, somebody. It looks like he laid there and it looks like he's dead and he looks like he's gone and it looks like there's no hope and it looks like all those years of ministry labored for no reason. But no, the seed's in the stump and on the third day he rises again to give us new life. So when he tells Isaiah, man, this God quake and then a a self quake and then go to the world and, and preach, man, like you've never preached before, he said, doesn't matter what you see. It doesn't matter the circumstances. I've got a seed. I've got life. I've got hope that's going to rise out of the ashes. Are you with me? And so we want this kind of gospel quake. It's what propels us to serve, right? See, our offerings are more than what we'd miss when, we, when we've encountered God. It's, it's giving our life. Our serving is greater than then the gifts we receive are loving others as ourselves is a journey we won't regret when we've encountered this kind of God. Because we've met the living King. And guys, I, I'm, I think today, uh, our only hope and our only hope, um, Form of redemption that we can offer the world is a gospel quake. See, anyone that's encountered God like this knows, right? You know when you've encountered God in a way where, man, that time I encountered God and he, he changed me and all of a sudden I wanted to be different. If you don't know or if you don't remember, it's time to encounter God again. And you don't need to compare yourself to Isaiah. You don't need to, it's, it's probably maybe not going to be like that, although that might be cool. The other night, I um, wasn't going to share this, but I'll be vulnerable. It's been some time in my own life, even though I'm a pastor and preacher and preaching about the gospel, it's been some time where I've, I haven't felt that intimacy with God, and I think, to be honest, God for me has become more useful than beautiful. God help me. God help my church. God help pay the bills. God, where are you? Right, God. And he would wave at me if you've. T- <laughs> the other night I. Turned on some worship music on my phone. That's where everything is now. And it was like I encountered God for the first time and ears crying and hitting the floor. And I'd gone up in our guest room right above our bedroom and poor Jess came up. She thought I had a nervous breakdown. I mean, I'm just sobbing. And for me, it was repenting of saying, God, I've... I've tried, you've just been useful to me instead of beautiful. And for so many, it feels like years where I haven't been holy, holy, holy as the Lord God Almighty. And just for maybe 30 minutes, I felt like heaven opened and I got to see Jesus. Have you felt that God quake? Or just rent your heart, leads to a self-quake where you can't stay the same. Guess what? If you meet God, you can't stay where you were. And I think if we have a church that does that, look out, world quake. Let's pray. Father, we pray today. Would you help us encounter you? In fact, if you guys want to stand to your feet, that'd be good. And if you'd like to open your hands in front of you as a sign of surrender, God, without a lot of bells and whistles and we just come like we are. And I ask, Lord, you to move in this in us and in this church. God, I just publicly, privately I prayed, but publicly I say, I'm sorry haven't been there for you with like a relationship should be. I want to experience the living God, not because of what you do for me. God, not because you're useful. And I, I want to be like Isaiah and even rekindle or repray that prayer of saying, here I am, send me. We come as a church and we say, here we are, send us. God, we want to be available to you. We want to serve you in the beauty of your holiness and honor you in a way that uh, brings glory to your name. And so we pray for, come on guys, uh, uh, this part maybe just don't listen to me pray. Pray with me. We pray for a gospel quake in our city. We ask that you would move in a way that we haven't seen before, God. We pray that you would rend hearts and you would open eyes, and we pray that you would bring the gospel down in a way that is an encounter with God and it would remove self-centeredness. It would remove self-absorption. It would remove a, a culture that's going the wrong way. God, we pray for America and we say, don't give America what it desires. Like in Romans where it says you turn them over, God, we, we ask you not do that. We, we plead on our nation's behalf and say, would you move today, God, and would you come in a way that shakes us to the core where we do meet the loving and living and amazing God. And, and Lord, if we have put our plans and our dreams and our hopes ahead of you, as if you exist, the God of the universe, That this galaxy that's, that's so large as if, we, as if we, we pray that you're like our assistant, when really you're the one that's big and the one we bow down to. And so help us today leave just glimpsing your bigness and your glory and your true gospel. Thank you that uh, you loved us even when. And we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, you're dismissed. Take it to the city. Let's, let's pray. Let's pray this week for Gospel Quake. Be praying for tonight, 6 p.m. downtown. Revive downtown. Revive Bitterit. It happens every Sunday at 9, right down at the turn to Stevensville. Let's be praying that God shakes our city in this part of the state. Amen. Have a great day.